0: Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Well, most of you weren't here in the 9am service. You're still in bed and, and that's good. And um, um, But I'm, this message is partly that and partly more if you were. And... So you notice you've got more spacing in your seats today. It's called coronavirus seating. Just spreading you out. I'm not joking. We're just spreading you out a bit. And um, uh, we, we do know as a church, you know, people are going to react different ways. And it's all okay. It's all good. I don't know what Bron said because I went to the toilet. Did you cover it all? Yep. Yeah? Great. Okay. I won't say any more. Should mention that um, the NRL season started though. And the opener was lost by Canterbury. There are big problems in the earth, and it is the primary one. How, here it is. If you're not sure what the primary problem on the earth today is, it's this. How are Canterbury-Bankstown going to score enough points to win a football game? I know, Bronny's looking at me in horror with the way I'm treating other things going on on the earth, but I reckon if I can make it about Canterbury and their inability to score points, we'll all be okay. All right, I'm moving on. Uh, I asked the question in the 9 a.m., so what's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for you? you, Can you think of that? Like the nicest thing anyone has ever done for you? Um, Or maybe something more recent that that someone has done for you. It's just good. Um, We're going to show an image of a vehicle. And I'm not a car guy, but I love these things. And this is a a Chevy pickup truck. And so when we were in the U.S. in December... Uh, we were scheduled to get a like a, you know, middle-of-the-road, vanilla, bland you know, SUV. And uh, if you own one, I'm not judging you, I own a van, so I'm more boring than you, right? But we were, we, were, we were to get this. And then we land in LA, we go out to the car dealership, and then they deliver this to us. And you've got to know, for me, the dream was simple. The dream is simply this. To drive one of those things in those wide open spaces of America, like between Nevada and um, what's the other place? Where? Arizona. Nevada and Arizona on those big, you know, you've seen it, if you've watched Forrest Gump, you've seen the road, you know, it's just desert and highway. And driving one of those big pickup trucks with country music, modern country music playing. You can judge me. I could care less. It's not my fault that you have no style or sense, okay? And so we were doing that and it was just like, for me, even now I have a physical reaction at the thought of it. But what I love about that is that it wasn't in the budget, it wasn't on the radar, it wasn't a conversation, but Bron thought, you know what Daz would really love? He would love that. And so in the moment, it was brilliant and daunting, wasn't it, Katie? It was daunting in that um, it was daunting in that the car is so big and I was on the wrong side of the road. And literally for the first couple of days, it was pretty dangerous. And I made a decision. This is how if you go to the US, I know you came to church for this. Um, if you go to the US, this is how I approach driving. At some point, I'm going to forget that I'm on the wrong side on the, where I'm meant to be and there's a big vehicle. So if in doubt, I'm going to take charge and go for it. And so that's how we got through the whole trip, didn't we? Yeah. Like we literally had trucks go around us and down the wrong side of the road and all that. But for me, that, that vehicle there represented more than just a moment where Bron blessed me. It, it said something about her thoughtfulness. It, it, it had a ripple effect probably beyond what she realised. Even now, like I said, when I think of it and at various times when I've thought of it, I just go, wow, that was, that was thoughtful to contemplate doing that little over and above for me. That's the power of doing good in people's lives. Now, now the Bible comes along and says, not only is the power of doing good, like, got that impact and then a ripple effect and an echo, but the Bible actually comes along and says, there's a kind of good, there's a kind of we bless others living that actually has a ripple effect that echoes even to heaven. And if I'm a believer in Jesus or just a person who's got a good heart, One of the purposes of God for our lives in terms of living our calling, which is a series we're doing, is is just to come, if you're doing the um, handout sheet, I'm going to be diligent and actually give you the titles, and then we're not sure where the message will bump in between it, but um, here's the first one. Now some of you, you do it, I said this the other week, um, one of my daughters fills it in, I don't fill it in, so feel comfortable with both, just do whatever works for you. But the first heading there, the fourth purpose of my life, is God shaped me to serve Him. God shaped me to serve Him. And when I was young, that idea was like that. That was like the worst idea on the planet, that I was shaped to serve God. But what I didn't know was how extraordinary it is. I am the absolute convert from the person who didn't want to serve God. In fact, when I first started going to church, I accidentally went to the wrong church. My mum, who had a church background, sent me to this church. I turned up at the wrong church, There were 25 people in the church, five of them were girls roughly my age, and I thought, I don't know about anything else, but this is my church. I've got like a five to one ratio, this is going to be a good place if I have... And that kept me in church for a little while, and my curiosity kept me there, but I didn't want to serve God, which is what it says here. So the great surprise to my life is the extraordinary adventure that it is to serve God, and that God's purpose reaches way beyond going to church or reading the bible or as incredible as some of those things might be in the transformation they bring that God serving God in my life is just the best thing I can do so the fourth purpose of my life is God shaped me to serve him and then my life calling is to be a bivocational minister of Jesus what on earth does that mean so I know what it means Um, to be a bivocational minister of Jesus really just to be about his business as we go about our lives. That's how I'll put it for you. We're called to bless and to serve. We're called to bless and to serve. Uh, here's, here's our first Bible passage coming on the screen behind me. Um, I'm going to read it off the, the page just to be a little bit old school. Ephesians chapter two and verse ten says this: "For we are God's work. Uh, we are God's workmanship, or handy handwork. How does it?" Your handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. that you and I, that you and I are God's workmanship. He crafted you, He crafted me a certain way with all of our differences. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. And 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 what I love, let's just establish it. I'm sure you, you might know this, that we're not talking about good works that get us to heaven. Like that's a done deal. That that is a finished work, the Bible says, at the cross where Jesus paid the penalty for the sins of humanity. That's a finished work, of course. It's not good works that make me right with God, but, but our good works are important if I'm a follower of Jesus because they help me orientate other people towards Jesus. There are there are things that the way I live gets people's attention because there's something in the faith that we live. If there's, I remember I worked with a guy a few years ago and um, he was like the worst worker in this place where I was working. He was a terrible worker. He wasn't particularly nice. And then one day he said to me, oh, Darren, you're a Christian, aren't you? I went, yeah, I am. And he went, so am I. I thought, that is not good news. It wasn't good. News. I wasn't judging him. I'm just like the effect of his life on the people around him. He was lazy. He had a bad attitude. He complained about everyone, everything, the bosses, the workplace, you name it. He complained about it. I thought, mate, I don't know if I wanted him to tell everyone that he was a believer in Jesus. Now you can think I'm bad. That's okay. But what what my concern was that this life, the blessing coming from his life, the works coming from his life, should suggest at least suggest something that, mate, I should. Think about Jesus and who He is, because Jesus lived in a way that's compelling to every person on the face of the planet. And uh, if they it's sometimes it's just the Christian getting in the way, and so just coming up, turning up, and go, hey, God created us a certain way to do good works. We're His workmanship, and we're designed to do good works. We're divine, designed to do the universally um, communicated good works of the Bible. Where you and I, you know, all the things help the poor and. Uh, be a blessing to your neighbour and all those things we're designed for but then there's, the, then there's the unique to you good works that actually I can't get done you know I, I don't know if it's a gift but I, I was Jones when, when we first started church sometimes I'd get depressed if the lawn was not mowed I'm like oh the lawn's not mowed and, and then was Jones becomes part of our church and I've never thought about the lawn again you know he just in his heart just determined a long time ago that he's going to make it happen. And, and regularly, I'll drive past here on a Saturday and Wiles will be there. He'll just be getting it done. And he's just bringing what he can uniquely bring. Now, can anybody mow? Yes, in fact, all of us should join the roster to we go on the mowing team. But, but, um, yeah. and, um, but there are things that he can bring. That was a really bad example, but he is good at mowing lawns. You are uniquely made. God has wired you a certain way. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each of you some special abilities. No one misses out. God's given each of you some special abilities to be sure be sure to use them to help each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. He's given to each of us special abilities and they, they vary from person to person, but they're powerful. They're very powerful in people's lives. Oh, our, um, my I, Bron drives the van, I drive the old Prado and the old Prado broke down the other week. It partly broke down because the battery went flat, it partly went down because of what I did to it after it went flat and the smoke that came off the engine, it was partly both of those things. But I was telling Brody, and when I got home that night, Brody's yellow Hilux ute is sitting outside of my house, and the key's in the letterbox, and he'd just left it there and asked him. But you know, the, he's just got a grace, and he's generous to the core of his being, and there's a certain grace on his life that makes him think of though no one else. None of you dropped your car around to me, did you? <laughs> Where was your car, Beck Simpson? What were you doing with it that day? I was walking from here to Sydney. <laughs> but bro just thought of it. It's part of who he is. You are uniquely designed and gifted, and I'm uniquely designed and gifted by God to do good works that only you can bring to the table. And um, and then it, it goes on and says, um, what does it say? It says this, which God prepared in advance for us to do, and this really does Blow my mind away. The idea that before you and I had breathed a breath, before we'd lived a moment, God had determined some of the works that you and I would do, the universal ones, yes, but also the unique ones. You know, we're standing here today in this moment, and uh, it's been a great journey to this point in, the, in leading our church, but somehow I wake up today and find myself, Brom finds herself. You know, when we first started our church, we—or we, not started, inherited—the church that Bob pastored. Um, when we first started in the role that we do, there were times when we drove from Cowra to Tamworth on a Friday night and slept in the back of our car. And—and and when we were doing that, which I don't advise anyone to do, by the way, it's a crazy idea. But we were young, we were newly married. It was okay. We didn't mind. But when I think about what God's done and here we stand in the middle of this moment that he actually foreknew somehow that we would be in this moment right here delivering what we're communicating right now. That blows my mind that God could do that in my life and in yours that somehow is all over in a way that whilst we walk the path that we do God has multiple things going on, all these threads unfolding to bring us to points in life that he has preordained to be. And I think that is a mind-blowing idea. There are, there are moments in your life and moments in my life that are bigger than we realize. There are opportunities, there are needs all around us that actually are something more than humanity's need, something more than someone's challenge, actually... God has connected you to people and connected me to people for God appointed moments to make the difference in their lives, to be a blessing into their lives and to bring good into their lives. There are people around you that God has preordained since before time began, that in a given moment of time, he is moving you and moving them towards that moment that it might have an impact on them here and now in the future and eternity. That is an incredible idea. And God has appointed you to that kind of future. So what am I going to do with what he's given me? Thinking about the way you're wired, the way you're gifted, your history, your story, and your heart. What good works might God have uniquely fitted you for and appointed to you in this season? What what might it be? There are people that you can reach that I can't reach. There are people that you can bless that that they're just never going to connect with me. They're not that cool. They're just a bit more nerdy like you. Only joking, obviously. I am not the embodiment of cool. In fact, I don't know if cool's even a word anymore. So just to be clear, some of you knew I wasn't the embodiment of cool already, didn't you? All right, moving on. Who said cool? I got this text. I'll just keep an eye on you. Text. I got this text from a friend of mine um, this week, and his life is just exploding, and, and the amount of good he can do and that God has called him to. And, and his life is really exploding, and, and, and he sent us his text. But you know, th- this guy, he's an, he, he's an interesting guy. He, he's a great guy. He will travel home from wherever he is to be at rehearsal for his church because. He, he's got this ability to sing. He's got an incredible voice and he wants to honour God with that gift and be a blessing. It looks different for everybody but, but he, he just wants to use what he's been universally entrusted with and what he's been uniquely given. And he sent me this text. I'll, I'll just read you the headline. He said, hey mate, I'm on my way home listening to your podcast. He says a few things. He says, I've been able to fall in love with the church again because you're already in love with Jesus again. Find a great sense of belonging and my purpose and call as well. You know, he, he just has walked in that universal sense of calling and that unique sense of calling and has opened up his whole life. I think that's what God would do for you and for me and for others as we live and serve him. Now, the scale might be different, but the opportunity is the same. The God-appointed future is the same in our lives and somehow we collide with a unique future as we live out the universal good and blessing, and the unique that God has called us to. The Bible says this about Jesus. I think it makes our faith simple. He doesn't say anything about rules. He says, you know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. God anointed Jesus, it says, He's done the same for us. He's done the same for me. He's done the same for you. He anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power. If I'm a believer in Jesus, he's done the same for us. He's done the same for me. He's done the same for you. He went around doing good. He calls us to the same, me and you. And because God was with him, and I love that thought, because God is with you and God is with me. And so we step into that future. The Bible says this, Um, about a disciple of Jesus in Acts chapter 9, verse 36. Her name is Tabitha. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. She was always doing good and helping the poor. Always doing good and helping the poor. Now, I just realised that I have got the wrong sermon notes open. So here are your headings. They all fit. What will happen if I use my life to serve and bless others? Number one on your sheet, it will create joy in my life. I feel kind of awkward about this one because it makes it about me. But it is true. It is true. My life, um, Philippians 2.17, the Bible says, My life is being poured out as a part of the sacrifice and service I offer to God for your faith. Yet I am filled with joy. His life's being poured out. His life's being stretched. He says, yet I am filled with joy and I share that joy with all of you. It's not about receiving joy. It's more the fact that joy is a byproduct of the way he lives, the God he knows. God has wired the human heart to find joy in blessing. He, he has. It's, it, it's how it works. Number two, number two, living this way will improve my relationships. Proverbs 11.25 says, The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. I think God calls all of us to be blessers of people. Um, and, and, and it's not primarily about what we get from it, but the reality is that relationships are stronger. You know, Bronn being that kind of blessing to me just enhances our relationship. You know, now I'm praying that she'll buy me one of those vehicles, that we'll have one of those vehicles. I think that's what's coming next. And... Number three will make my life meaningful. I think this is really interesting. It'll make my life meaningful. Have you, have you ever met someone <coughs> whose life is largely about them? It's about them, it's about what they do, it's about their stuff. Even when they do good, it's actually about what it does for them. Have you ever met someone like that? That person. Have have you noticed that even though it's all about them, that their life really seems to still lack meaning? It's not like... That's not the answer, is it? That can't be the answer. If that was the answer, you and I could think of people right now who their life is all about them, everything's about them, but they're not that happy. I've not thought of a person, met a person who I look at their life and go, mate, you have made it all about you and that is working. I've never met that person. And so if it's not all about me and if that's not going to work, why would I just even dabble in that space of making it all about me when, when actually what the Bible says, hey, your life becomes meaningful when we make it about something way beyond us. Make it about God, make it about the people around us, make it about the world we live in that, that our lives would carry something of blessing and of serving in the lives of others. We are called to bless and to serve, and in that we find meaning. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your work in the Lord is never wasted. It's meaningful. It's always meaningful. Every single time it's meaningful. We're designed to do good. We are wired for it, and we are called to serve God by doing good and being a blessing. Number four, it will leave a legacy. It will leave a legacy. Now, if if you're 19, you're not thinking too much about legacy, are you? Like, yeah, my primary aim in life right now is to leave a legacy. But it's a legacy that has a ripple effect now. It's a legacy that has an echo beyond it. And it's a legacy that can have a um, reach into eternity. That's the kind of legacy we're talking about in being a blessing and doing good. There's a guy in the Bible called Joshua. He's an extraordinary man. He's one of the absolute heroes of the faith. This guy inherited a situation that was pretty ugly. He took hold of a promise from God that the previous generation weren't quite up for. He steps in, he conquers um, land and territory, establishes it for the generation with him and the generation after him. He takes them from slavery and wilderness into really a grand and great promise. And at the end of his life, there's really only one thing left undone. This is what the Bible says in Judges chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. Joshua, son of Nun the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. That's a good run. And they buried him in the land, unless you're 110. And you're like, my time's up. (laughs) And they buried him in the land of his inheritance. And after the whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Actually says another generation grew up that were, just didn't know the ways of God. He was this incredible guy who led this incredible period in history and the only thing he left undone was the legacy. And legacy is not about me, it's not about what I leave behind, it's not about what you behind, but legacy is actually about how we set up those who come after us, it's about them. And so thinking about that in the way we are a blessing, there's an echo, there's a ripple effect, there's an eternal implication and you and I have this hour and this time and this whatever life God has given to us to be an incredible blessing, to do good now, to see a ripple effect come, to see an echo in eternity, to see a legacy left behind. So I want to leave you with one last thing as we look at this today. Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. might come on the screen. I can't remember if I sent this through. It says, there it is. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. What a great and powerful couple of verses. It says here, let us not become weary in doing good. First thought, just bring energy always to doing good. Never, never get over doing good. Never get past doing good. We all get tired in doing good. Sometimes we don't see the outcomes we want to see in doing good, but just remember to stay with it. It's having an impact. Again, if I think about Broads, I think about the, the, the investment he makes into someone's life, like my son, Lockie. You know, he's, all sorts of things that he's done. I think about that. And sometimes he might go home and think, why don't I just like everyone else my age? Why don't I just go do my own thing? But he makes that investment, he takes time out. One day, that'll show up. The energy he brings to that will show up in Lockie's life. Um, absolutely, for sure, something will go on. Just bring energy. Don't grow weary in doing good. If you are grown weary in doing good, I just want to remind us this morning that it has a harvest in the future. The good into people's lives, into the children that you're raising, into the people around you, uh, to the thing, the situation, the relationship that looks lost but you haven't given up hope, That you continue to seed good things into to the family member who's gone hard in their heart towards you, but you're still soft towards them. That has a future. The Bible says that that has a harvest still still waiting to come, bring energy to it. It says then, as we have opportunity, I think opportunity is all around us. We don't even need to leave the row you're sitting in for opportunity to just be all around us, unless you're the only person in the row. There's just opportunity everywhere. There's need and cause and people to bless, even if everything's great. There are pickup trucks to buy for people, and there are all sorts of things out there to happen Opportunity is everywhere open our eyes to see our ears to just be sensitive our heart to be open it says do this for all people everybody oh wouldn't it be great to be a blessing to the person who is least like you what i love about jesus is that people that weren't like jesus like jesus as bron puts it people who were nothing like jesus really liked jesus i want to live like that don't you And who's the person in your workplace, in your sphere of influence, who is least like you? What an opportunity this week to be a blessing to them. I tell you, it has something beyond the moment, though it has something in the moment. It has a ripple effect that can happen, it has an echo that can continue, it has eternal potential. Who is that? And then it finally says this it says, especially to those who are the uh, the family of believers. And I think we should constantly be on the lookout just to be a blessing to one another. Hey, who can you bless this week? Anyone? Sorry, I was going to point you out and I didn't want to embarrass you. But I've found that even kids in our church can be incredible blessings to even kids, like to adults. And we vice versa to the people all around us, why don't we just this week, go, hey, who can you be a blessing to? There's something God has graced you with, given you, wired you for, put in your hand, There can be an incredible blessing that has an impact in the moment and reaches far beyond it. Let's be those kinds of people. Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au.